Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, why don't you uh, find your seats? Good to see you all again. Uh, my name's uh, Sam Huggard, and uh, as I've been saying week after week, I'm uh, serving uh, with the New England District of the Evangelical Free Church, and uh, this church is part of that association, so it's my privilege to uh, come alongside you during this season as you are uh, searching for a pastor. And so grateful to get to know you and, and uh, serve here. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of a teaching series going through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we've titled this series Talking with God, and the context of this teaching in uh, the scriptures is the, is the context of education. D- Jesus is teaching his followers uh, how to pray, which I mentioned this last week. It may seem odd that his disciples would have asked him, teach us to pray, as if they didn't know already. Uh, they had been praying their whole lives. But they saw in Jesus uh, something of his connection with his Father that they desired, and they saw in his prayers uh, results. Uh, Things are happening around Jesus, and and they want in on that action. And so they're saying to Jesus, teach us to pray. And the response we see in the Lord's Prayer uh, is Jesus' words to us. And I think these are incredibly important words. Matter of fact, if you are just beginning uh, to, to learn a, a practice of prayer. This is a wonderful place to start, just praying these words and uh, thinking on each phrase and letting these phrases form your request to God. So actually, I'd like to begin our time today uh, inviting you all to stand, and we're going to uh, pray the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, so uh, I'll lead us. Please follow along with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'd like to uh, introduce you today um, to our family dog, Penelope. Uh, I didn't bring Penelope in person. I'll have a picture for you, though. This is uh, our dog. You're all laughing. This is a dog, okay? Uh, Penelope is a puggle, a pug and beagle mix. And when we first got Penelope, um, I would walk her downtown, and my kids had bought her a, a pink leash, and there was this little dog that I was walking downtown. And man, did I take a lot of ribbing from my little dog. Uh, walking around town. And uh, Penelope is the answer to my children's prayers. For years, my kids wanted a dog, and I did not want a dog. And finally, when I came home and said, hey, we're getting a dog, my son at that time, who was younger than he is now, uh, said, Jesus does answer prayer. (laughs) And Penelope was the result. Now, I've been thinking about Penelope this week because today we're going to talk about daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And my dog Penelope is very attuned to her need for daily bread. Uh, It's pretty much what she does all day, is she just sleeps and then comes and whines for her food. Um, And she is very aware of the time of day. She eats typically around 4.30 in the afternoon, so around 3.30 she starts her whine. She knows the time's approaching and she's letting me know it's about time to eat. And if she doesn't get her food right away, she actually goes over. My, my in-laws live uh, beside us, and she'll go over to their door, 
and start whacking on their door in hopes that they'll feed her if we don't feed her in time. So she's very attuned to her daily need for bread. Um, now hang with me here a little bit, but I think that when we come to this phrase of the Lord's Prayer, uh, we can be a little bit like Penelope. <laughs> um, I, we can be hoping that every request that we make of the Lord is answered in the time we want and in the way we want. And if that doesn't happen, we can become very uh, bothered. You know, why am I not getting the answer to my request in the time that I expect? I think that's a lot of us, although I'm sure there's some of us who don't have that disposition. Maybe your disposition is quite the opposite. Maybe because you've asked that way in the past or you see other people becoming very irritable when their prayers aren't answered, you've kind of swung the pendulum to the other way and prefer not to ask for things of the Lord in case you might become disappointed. So I find that either we become very needy in our requests or very nervous in our requests. And my hope today is to consider these words from Jesus so that we understand that God does want to provide for our needs. And we can pray this prayer appropriately and confidently. All right, so today we're looking at this phrase, give us our daily bread. Now, there's some background to this prayer that we need to know. Um, in Jesus' day, when they heard this phrase, give us our daily bread, uh, their minds are immediately uh, thinking of a past story. You know, kind of like if I was to call you a Benedict Arnold, you would immediately be thinking of who Benedict Arnold was. You'd know I was calling you a traitor. Um, so when they hear the phrase daily bread, they're thinking of a past story. Uh, the scriptures tell us uh, what happened when God was taking his people out of the land of Egypt. That the Israelites had been enslaved there for generations. And they had been praying and crying out to God for deliverance. And God answered their prayer. He sent them Moses to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Uh, there was the plagues that came upon the land of Egypt till the king Pharaoh finally said, fine, get out of here. Uh, then he changed his mind and chased after the Israelites as they left the land. They came to the Red Sea, and the Israelites thought they were going to die there. But God miraculously parted the waters, led the Israelites through. And then when the, when the Egyptians followed, the waters crashed in, and they were destroyed. And the Israelites were freed. And one month after that amazing deliverance, Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 5 records that the people had already grown quite nervous about God's ability to provide for them. Uh, this is what it says in Exodus 16, verses 1 through 5. The people said, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So when Jesus said the phrase, give us this day our daily bread, this is what his disciples are thinking back to. Now, there was a time in, Israelites, in the Israelites' past 
when God had provided daily bread for them. So they're thinking of this Exodus story. And I want us to consider two things here. First, what do we learn about God's provision of daily bread from the Exodus account? Uh, We learn, first, a promise that God provides for our needs. A very simple statement, but that's what we learn from the Exodus account, that God provides for His people's needs. Uh, He was leading them out of this land of oppression and slavery, and leading them, he said, to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance. That's the journey they're on. And as he's leading them to this place of abundance, he's providing each day their food for that day. And he told them, only collect enough of the bread that falls, the manna that falls from heaven, collect enough for this day, but don't collect more for the next day. And God did this, faithfully providing that bread. Now, this is not a one-time anomaly in the story of Israel. Again and again and again, throughout the narrative of Scripture, we see that God provides. We sang some wonderful songs this morning about God's provision, His faithfulness to provide for His people. Uh, I love that we followed Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23 is a whole celebration of our good God who provides for our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, If Yahweh is our Lord, then we will not lack. It's an amazing statement that if I have God leading my life, I have all that I need, is what the psalmist is saying. God provides for what I truly need. And then later on in that psalm, uh, he talks about God providing a table, a feast, right in the presence of his enemies. Uh, His cup overflowing with blessings that God wants to provide and provide lavishly for his people. A promise that God provides for our needs. But also in the Exodus account, we see not only a promise, but a problem. We see that we struggle to trust that God will provide. We struggle to trust that God will provide for our needs. And that's why only a month out of this amazing deliverance from Egypt, the Israelites are already starting to moan, complain, and worry because they're experiencing lack. So God's provision does not mean there's never any lack. God allows us to experience lack, but still provides what we truly need. But the Israelites are very nervous about this. Will God provide for us as he's leading us to the promised land? You see, this fear of lack, it results, I think, in at least three things. It results in worry. It results in overwork. We see the Israelites not trusting God and only collecting the food for the day. They kept collecting. They kept working. And the third thing is at least a hoarding. We tend to store up more than we need. Worry, overwork, and hoarding. And this wasn't only Israel's struggle, this is the human struggle. This is what we all face. We struggle to trust God's provision. We tend to worry, will we have what we truly need? We tend to overwork to make sure we can get what we want. And we tend to hoard and not be generous with what we're given. Psalm 127 verses 1 through 2 makes an amazing statement. Uh, says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, 
the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. That phrase always gets me. Eating the bread of anxious toil. What a way to describe how we tend to go about our work. Tend to go about our work anxiously, thinking that we provide what we need. See, work was a good gift from God. It was never meant to be the mechanism by which our needs are fully met. Work is actually a reflection of God's character in the world and a contribution to the common good. But because of sin, work has become primarily a means for compensation and consumption. The bread of anxious toil is our experience. And because of this, Jesus gives us this prayer. It's a corrective. He's teaching us what is true. So he's telling us to pray. What to pray? Pray that God will provide for your needs. But more than that, he's telling us how to pray about our daily needs in a way that frees us from this tendency towards worry, overwork, and hoarding. So for the remainder of our time this morning, I want to consider uh, three ways this prayer tells us how to pray about our daily needs. All right? Uh, First, what we see in this prayer is that we are to ask our good Father to provide what is needed. We're to ask our good Father to provide what is needed. Now, I think you'll find this to be true, that we make requests about our needs very differently depending on who we're talking to. Um, If you are talking to uh, someone uh, in authority over you, maybe it's uh, an employer, and especially if your employer, if you're not on good terms with your employer, you're going to present your request very carefully. Um, you're probably not really going to trust the goodness of your employer to give you what you want. So you might be very calculated in how you present the request. Uh, maybe if you're presenting a request to a friend, it comes across very different than to an employer. You know, to your employer, if you're asking for time off, you're going to really nuance the request. But to a friend, if you want them to come over, it's just a, a simple request. Are you free to come over today? Well, when we come to prayer, it's very important that we understand the relational basis for this request. It's not a Christian prayer for provision to pray, give us this day our daily bread without first understanding who we're praying to. It changes the game totally to understand we are praying to our Father in heaven to give us this day our daily bread. Now, too often... If we take this phrase out of the context of our Father, we're treating prayer more like a vending machine. We come to prayer and say, I would like that. I'll put in this amount, and I expect to get this out. But this is a relational request. We are talking to God about the things that we need. So this is not a mere mechanical arrangement. It is a relational process. Jesus is telling us about our needs, and he's telling us to pray to our Father. And and we need to make that connection here. And this is not just in this prayer that Jesus is reminding us that we're praying to our Father about our needs. Again and again, in Jesus' teaching about prayer, he tells us this reality. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Uh, Jesus says, 
Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now those are amazing statements, first of all. He goes on. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? See, Jesus is making the basis of our prayer for provision the father-child relationship. And you who are parents understand this. Um, Even though we are imperfect in our parenting, we love our children. And we love to provide for them. Matter of fact, more than just the bare minimum, we love to give them good things. Somehow, our joy is wrapped up in their joy because we're made in the image of a God who is a father. God delights to give us what is good and needed. And if we're going to pray this prayer, we need to believe this, that God delights to give us what is good and what is needed. But here's the second thing we need to understand. God knows what is good and what is needed. When we pray this prayer, we are saying, God, you know what I need. You know the daily bread that I truly need. Um, Again, those of you who are parents understand this. Not everything your five-year-old asks for do you give to them. Um, If they ask to play in the middle of the street, that's not a good request. You understand there's a problem there. Now, they want to have fun, and you're trying to create a way for them to have fun, so you hear underneath their request to their real need. Uh, I'll take this up a notch, because I think most of the kids are in dig right now. That's good. Um, Many of you parents probably are wrestling with your kids who are getting older about when to give them a phone. And if it was up to your children, they would get a phone way before you give them a phone. But parents understand um, there is something larger going on. There's some dangerous things going on. And because you love them and desire their safety, you are not answering their request, though you are meeting their true need. And that's the difference. Jesus hears underneath our requests to our true needs. Now, kids grow up and come to a point of knowing what their parents know. We will never grow up to the point of knowing all that God knows. So God will always know more than us about life. He sees past, future, and the present So he knows what we truly need and what is truly good. We just can't see it. I love what a pastor and author, Tim Keller, says about this text. He says, God will either give us what we ask or what we ask, uh, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knows. If we knew everything that God knows, we'd understand why he withholds some things at the moment. Why he even allows us to go through through difficulty in the moment. See, God is leading us to become a person that we want to become. And to become that kind of person, we have to walk this journey. God truly loves us. 
and he wants good things for us. But we have to understand, him answering all our requests in the way we want is not what is best for us. But him giving us what we truly need is the best thing that could happen. Now, I have to pause here and clarify something. Uh, We can only pray this way about our needs if we know God as our Father. Uh, This is what it means to become a Christian. To become a Christian is to become connected to Jesus so that we are riding the coattails of his relationship to the Father. So when we pray to God, if we are a Christian, God the Father is hearing our prayers as if Jesus Christ himself is praying it. God's not hearing our prayers because we are so good or in spite of our badness, or due to our badness. He's, he's hearing our prayers because of Jesus. To become a Christian is to be connected to Jesus to that degree. To become a Christian is to be adopted into God's family, to trust that Jesus has paid for our sin and has given us his righteousness. We are joined to him. So we can have great confidence when we go to God in prayer because we're not going based on our goodness, but on Christ. This is what Jesus offers us. He wants us to come and pray about our needs to God because Jesus has made us to be connected to him. Therefore, God is our Father. So first, how should we pray about our needs? Ask our good Father to provide what is needed. That's the basis for this prayer. Secondly, how should we pray about our needs? Ask for what is needed after decentralizing our need. Uh, Let me explain this here. What what do I mean by decentralizing our needs? Most days when I wake up, I am immediately aware of my needs. Uh, We all are. That's what it means to be human. Um, And our needs are not bad. God has made us as finite human beings with needs. But our needs are not our ultimate need. Our daily needs are not our ultimate needs. And we tend to make our daily needs into ultimate things. So to decentralize our needs is to put our needs in the proper order. To not ignore them, but also not to make them ultimate. Uh, The way we do this is, first of all, by praying this prayer in the proper order. Um, These statements are not random. Jesus put this request in this place in the Lord's Prayer on purpose. This is um, following three other petitions. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Then we come to give us this day our daily bread. I want to get there first. And Jesus says, get there forth. Uh, N.T. Wright, in his book, uh, The Lord and His Prayer, uh, says this about the order we find this petition in. He says, the danger with the prayer for bread is that we get there too soon. We come to prayer aware of urgent needs or at least wants, and it's tempting to race through the Lord's prayer as far as on earth as it is in heaven so that we can take a deep breath and say, now look here, when it comes to daily bread, there are some things I simply must have. And then off we go into a shopping list. To do this, of course, is to let greed get in the way of grace. When that happens... Greed defeats its own object. If we don't spend time adoring our Father in heaven, seeking the honor of His name, praying for His kingdom, all our own desires and hopes will simply present themselves to us in a muddled and jumbled fashion, 
coming bubbling up to the surface in what C.S. Lewis called steam of consciousness. That all our desires, our needs, are just rushing at us, and we need to be able to order them. To take a deep breath and say, I'll get to you in time. And so when we pray the Lord's Prayer and spend time thinking about this, Lord, I want your name to be made known. I want who you are to be revealed in my life, in my home, in our church, in this community. Lord, I want your kingdom to come. This world's not going to be right without you in charge. I want your kingdom to come. God, I want your will to be done in my life. I know I don't always want your will, but I know that's the best thing. So help me to want your will to do the things that you want me to do today. Then we come to our needs. And by the time we get there, we're able to ask about our needs and not make them into demands. Our needs become good things to be met, not ultimate things. And so we get this prayer in this order to tune our hearts to reality. So we decentralize needs by praying the prayer in this order. And secondly, we decentralize our needs by praying not only for ourselves and our needs, but for the needs of others. Give us this day our daily bread. There is no personal pronoun in the whole prayer. The prayer is uh, your name, your kingdom, your will, our daily bread, our forgiveness, our deliverance. There's no personal pronoun in the whole prayer. See, there's a corrective that Jesus is putting in here. Uh, I think it was Bjorn a couple weeks ago said, I love me some me, right? Great quote, Bjorn. That's the human condition. I am very attuned, like Penelope, to my own needs. And Jesus says, eh, let's uh, put that in its proper place. Yes, I want to meet your needs, but I want you, like me, to think about the needs of others. And so when we begin to pray for the needs of others, we are decentralizing our own needs into their proper places. Um, there's a prayer in uh, the South American uh, churches uh, based on this uh, that says, O God, to those who have hunger, give bread, and to those who have bread, give the hunger for justice. There's a way of thinking about, God, it's not just more and more and more for me. How might I be part of the answer to this prayer for others? And so we're praying for the needs of others. Praying for our brothers and sisters right now in Ukraine in the midst of this struggle. Um, what, what a terrible day they must be having right now. And we pray for them and their needs. We're to be conscious of being part of a larger family praying for others' needs. And when we do this, we actually benefit because our needs are getting put in their right place. So how should we pray about our needs? First, we're praying to God our Father. Secondly, we're decentralizing our needs by praying them in the proper order in the Lord's Prayer and by praying for the needs of others. And then third, uh, we pray this prayer by asking God to provide what we need with specific and bold prayers. I think in there it says uh, bold and specific. Yes, I switched these, all right? I apologize. Uh, I, I changed this last minute. We're going to do bold for, uh, 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 specific first and then bold. So ask God to provide what is needed with specific and bold prayers. The phrase daily bread, it's a very specific phrase. It's not just food in general. He says pray for daily bread. He's asking us to pray for specific, tangible, even physical things. 
And at times, that can be unnerving. Uh, my uh, middle uh, child, Isabel, uh, she's at school at the University of Richmond down in Virginia, and she's part of a campus ministry there. And uh, her roommate from last year, uh, she's been um, praying for for a long time, and uh, her roommate finally decided uh, to come to a Bible study with her. And so she came to the Bible study and, you know, thought it pretty interesting, but she was very unnerved by the prayer time. And she told my daughter afterwards, you know, um, I'd be more comfortable if we called it meditation and didn't pray about tangible things. Maybe we could ask for things like patience. And I was struck by that. Because you know what? I feel the same thing at times. <laughs> to ask for physical, tangible things seems like a higher risk of disappointment. Um, God, I, I want healing in this area. God, I, God I, I need you to provide finances for this. You know, God, I, 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 need, I need wisdom for that. I mean, when we ask specific, tangible things, there's a higher risk of disappointment. Uh, again, in that same book, um, The Lord and His Prayer by N.T. Wright, he writes about this. He says, This clause reminds us that God intends us to pray for specific needs. It is, no doubt, much easier to pray, God bless everyone, than to pray, please bring peace to the Middle East. It may seem more spiritual to pray for the, conver for the conversion of the world than for a parking space near to the meeting for which we're about to be late. Now, of course, we would trivialize Christian prayer if we thought it was only about praying for parking spaces, for our team to win the match, or for fine weather uh, for the church festival. But once we put the prayer for daily bread within the whole kingdom prayer, where it belongs, to turn then to the specific things we honestly need right now is not trivial. It's precisely what children do when they love and trust the one they call Father. God wants us to ask of Him specific, tangible things. And man, is it awesome when we see Him provide. Nothing stokes my fires like when I hear another story of God working in someone's life in tangible ways. I've heard some of those stories here in this church, how God has provided for you. And it strengthens my faith to hear how God is working in others' lives, providing in tangible ways. Well, we'll never know about that if we don't ask tangibly. God wants us to ask for daily bread, specific, tangible things. Now, his answer may not always be what we want, when we want. But if we don't ask, we'll never benefit from the request. God wants us to ask for specific, tangible things, but also, He wants us to ask boldly. I mean, listen to this phrase. Give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. I mean, do you hear how bold that prayer is? There's no polite or deferential phrasing there. Now, we might expect Jesus to instruct us to pray uh, to God the Father more formally or maybe with more reverence or, or deference. You know, maybe something like this. You know, oh, great and most high God, we, your unworthy servants, do not deserve to receive anything from you. But we humbly ask that you might possibly give us a few morsels to show how gracious you are to wicked people like us. Now, what I said is true. But that's not how Jesus taught us to pray. He did not say that. 
And I think, again, we who are parents understand why. How would you as parents like it if your kids came to you that way with their requests for their needs? I would not be honored, I would be insulted if my parents approached me timidly, thinking they had to wring from my stingy heart the things that they need. But yet that is so often how we come to God, thinking that by our deference we can pry his heart open to give us the things we actually want. Now, I'm not saying we should be flippant or demanding with our request to God. What I am saying is we need to trust Jesus and come to God as he wants us to come to him. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it. He meant that our sin was paid for. He meant that we don't need to grovel our way into God's favor. When the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, God didn't put it back together. That because of the work of Jesus, we're invited to come right into God's presence as his children with our bold requests. Hebrews 4.16 So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God is most honored when we trust his goodness as our Father and come boldly with our requests, knowing his heart towards us is good. Now, we may not understand how he wants to answer our prayers, but we know he is good because we have seen what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 tells us, if he was willing to give his own son, if he did not spare his own son, how much more will he give us all thanks? God wants to give us what is truly needed. Do we believe that? Friends, I encourage you this week to pray this prayer, trusting that God is our good Father who knows truly what we need and who has promised to meet all of our needs. So take him at his word. Come to him as your Father. Allow him day after day to reprioritize your needs so that you will have peace as you make your requests with open hands. Let's pray. Lord God, it is such a privilege to come to you as Father. And Lord, uh, I'm a father, an imperfect father, and yet love my children dearly. Lord, how much more uh, do you love us and love us perfectly? God, I pray that you would help us to trust your love for us because we have seen it expressed and the generosity of you giving your son Jesus for us. God, I pray this week that you would help us to come to you uh, with our needs. And God, you know what our needs are, um, even before we ask. God, you already have a plan in place to provide for our needs, whatever they might be. So God, please help us to come boldly. God, I also pray that we would not make our needs um, the ultimate thing. Lord God, whether we have enough uh, money at the moment, um, the, the house we want, Uh, whether we have the relationship we want. God, if we have you, uh, we have what we need forever. So Lord, I pray that you will help us to trust your provision. God, I look forward to how you're going to teach us more this week as we pray this prayer. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.